Dr. Peaky. Welcome to the Peaky channel. Today, it's time to peek in. Hi, everyone. Oh, wait. Maybe I shouldn't be this perky, considering the title of this episode. <laughs> On the last peek in episode 5, we covered the mainstay symptom therapy, like diarrhea and constipation. But the other reason why most patients affected by IBS find it so debilitating is the problems the marketed drugs don't help with. One being for me is the bloating. There's nothing that's worked. Dicyclamine is what is always tried. And after personally trying it, I lost a lot of hope. There wasn't much else to try. Fast forward several months to now, I'm still not able to pinpoint exactly all the motivators that could be behind this bloating madness, severe, severe abdominal pain, constipation, and sometimes diarrhea. But I was finally able to narrow it down to recent stressful events and certain types of food so far. I know I haven't figured it all out though. Getting to this point itself was a lengthy ride. For the first time ever, I prepared for a colonoscopy, which is where a scope is inserted inside through your rectum to look inside your gut. Wow, it was brutal preparing for it. The fasting, the distasteful liquid drug I had to drink that had me running to the bathroom constantly through the night. I mean, my butthole was on fire. I cannot forget how painful this was. Better yet, I woke up during the procedure and felt them pushing up what felt like a fat tube through my bottom, which is exactly what they were supposed to be doing. I remember hearing them get startled that I had woken up in the middle of it all. It was hilarious, but not at the same time. They told me at the end that they had to give me three times the doses to keep me out. For how little they said I looked, I required large dose drugs. My liver is an ultra metabolizer, I guess, when it comes to digesting drugs. This is actually a real phenomenon, by the way. I'm not making that up. I then had several allergy tests done. For the food panel one, tiny amounts of 78 different foods were placed on my back. The results? Kind of hard to say. On the scale of zero and beyond, the negative control was one, the positive control was eight, but if you're allergic to something, your result can go way beyond eight depending on how bad your reaction is. To my surprise, for all foods I had a rating of two. For everything. My back felt itchy all over, so I was convinced I definitely would have some major culprits. But the clinic considered an allergy positive result for three and above. And based on that, I wasn't allergic to any of the foods they tested on me, at least to their standards. This was not expected whatsoever. I was so sure that there had to be a food that's behind this all. After all, most of my symptoms were gut related. I had a couple of side thoughts. It could be that the one food I was allergic to all this time didn't get tested on me, though the chances of that 
are low. The other thought I had was that these food pricks were done on my back. In other words, the reaction was tested on my skin. It could also be that my reaction to foods is different per body organ, skin versus stomach. It's just a thought that I felt should not be dismissed completely. The second allergy exam was a chemical test where I had another 80 different chemicals placed on my back. The standard this time was from no allergy to highly likely. The scale started from zero, which is no reaction, then a step up from that would be doubtful or faint redness only, then irritant, which meant that the chemical was likely not an allergy for me, but more of an irritant, then weak positive reaction, then strong positive, then extreme positive reaction. My results? I finally showed some allergic reactions. I thought, oh my gosh, maybe we finally found the culprits. To my dismay though, when I looked at the report, there were quite a few that I had irritant reactions to, and six chemicals that I had some level of allergic reactions to. Narrowing it down further, there were two out of the six that I was very allergic to. And this is where things got complicated. The chemical names were 2-hydroxyethylmethacrylate and oleamidopropyldimethylamine. What a mouthful, huh? After reading some journals on them, I found that these ingredients have multiple other names too, making it that much harder to look up products that are made with these chemicals. Fortunately, I was able to zoom in on one of them as it is a very common allergy-causing agent. The 2-hydroxyethylmethacrylate <laughs> that I mentioned is also more popularly known as HEMA, H-E-M-A. It's contained in a lot of different products, but the typical products that contain HEMA are products that you don't ingest, further concluding that it's probably not what is causing my bloating unless I'm inhaling it somehow. So what's the final judgment on these allergy assessments? <laughs> Not much. I only learned over time that I bloated, coughed, and experienced stomach pain from spicy, fatty, and sour foods. This really sucks because I love to eat all kinds of ethnic foods. Indian, Korean, Thai, Vietnamese, Mexican, Chinese. There's definitely another type of food that I get an exaggerated reaction to and I still haven't figured that out a year and a half later. My trial and errors have not been hopefully successful. As you can see, it can be a long process of revelation. It takes a lot of patience. <laughs> patience that I don't have. Have you missed a flight before, then again missed the flight that you rebooked for the flight that you initially missed? I'm going to raise my hand for this. I can't wait to share too. I'll talk to you on the next one. Bye for now.